Welcome to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. Here are your hosts, Jared and Zach. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company. We are here in the Deadbolt Mystery Society studio today. As you can hear, it's me, Zach, but always with me is... It's Jared. I'm always here. Are you? Well, sometimes I'm like digitally here, but I'm always present in the podcast. I was going to say, your presence has always felt it here, especially about all the stuff you leave on the ground that I have to wow. walk around. We were like super friendly before <laughs> this started, and then it just got really salty. Yeah, welcome to Zach's <laughs> podcast where I complain about things in our office wow, that I, I hold ready in. for that. <laughs> Man, uh, that was unseen. Now I just feel dirty. And no, uh, I'm so sorry. It, it's true. Zach is the cleaner of the two of us. Oh, for sure. For sure. I am a pack rat and struggle to keep a tidy space, we will say. Well, here's all I'll say for you, Jared. You are the puzzliest pack rat I know, and I would only want you to be the pack rat in this Okay, office. I appreciate that. So you'll you'll continue to put up with it. I have for many years, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically in our space, now, it's been a year, but I've known you for many years. Now I'm going to passive-aggressively put that to the test. Oh, and no. Just, I just come in and you just keep like putting like paths of destruction around the place. You're like, oh no, bills that I've left all sorry, over Sorry, I ran out of space on my desk, so I decided to use your desk. You're talking about your Megatron 360 desk that's I like do, eight feet long? I do have a Dwight Schrute Megadesk problem. Yeah. It's just to remind you of where you stand. Oh, yeah, when I've won all our games. <laughs> Anyways, um, but welcome back, guys. Uh, as you can tell, this is going to be a fun intro. Uh, today, we're actually going to be discussing the Survivor game within a game. And we're talking about CBS Survivor here. The going on 42 seasons of Survivor. If you can't tell, I'm fanboying a little hard right here. But that's what's great about today's episode is Zach, have you ever watched a full season of Survivor? No. Jared, have you watched every season of Survivor? Yes. yes. And I wanted to bring in this game because it fits in our space. It's a little different for us, but I wanted you to hear the perspectives of Zach, who has no context for this game whatsoever, and me, who is like was actively doing this while the season was going on. So hang with us. We're coming right back. Hey friends, Jared here asking you to join our Patreon community. Monthly support is a great way to help us in our mission of growing the at-home puzzle and mystery world. So check out our show notes or go to patreon.com and search Puzzling Company and find the membership level that's right for you. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company. That was such a great ad. You know, if you like supporting us, you can easily go support us on Patreon. We'd super appreciate it. We love all our patrons we have. And as you know, we are here in the Deadbolt Mystery Society studio. If you haven't played a Deadbolt game, you totally should. You totally should. And I do want to give our two core members a shout out real quick. That would be Nick over at Escape. A couple episodes we had him on. He's one of our core members. And also Ben. We've been getting to play and do some stuff, and we're going to do some more stuff with them in the future. You should really think about being a core member if you're not one already. We get to do a lot of games together. You get a lot of extra content. It's a win-win in my opinion. 
Well, we are now going to jump into the part of the show where we get to talk about the game itself. This is kind of a section where Jared and I get to talk about the likes of the game or experience that we have on the show, as well as have a room for improvement section. Now, this is interesting because this is a game that's made for a TV show that's made for very mass market and not made. I wouldn't say it's not made for us, but it's, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, we play games that are made for our direct space most of the time. This will be interesting to cover it and then try to change the perspective, at least in my opinion, that's yes. how I thought of it. Yes. But we'll jump right into it. So the first thing I want to say that I really liked. Well, let's have some pageantry. Let me spell out what the format of this is like. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Love Survivor. The way the way that this works, they have never done this before season 41. Okay. I was very caught off guard by this. First episode, you turned it on. They're like, hey, be watching during the show. We're going to flash a puzzle. And then you can go to this website every week and solve the puzzle. So instantly, I'm there. Yeah, I, I mean, that's I'm, pretty cool. I'm engaged. But the way that the format worked this season 41 is every single puzzle was a Rebus puzzle. If you're not familiar with that puzzle type, imagine turning images into words to spell out a phrase. And the phrases were directly applicable to that episode or to the greater survivor. I'll call it lingo. And then from there, you would get some letters. And then there was a meta puzzle to solve at the end of the season. And what was really cool is Jeff Propes, the host, would talk to you after you solved every puzzle or before every puzzle, you felt like a mini survivor. You felt like you were getting involved in the show a little bit. And I really liked that. So how dare you try to comb over that as a non-survivor fan and just jump right into the review? How dare you? Here's all I'll say. I have not watched Survivor enough that I can't say I don't like it. Never mind. We'll we'll move on. We'll we'll cover this actually in a little bit. Here's what I know to be true in this life about my partner in crime, Zach. Oh, geez. He is terrible at games of lying. He is a very honest individual to the point where when we're playing, let's, I'll give an example, One Night Werewolf. Oh, I, I know geez. every time when he's the werewolf. So I feel like you have a little hindrance against Survivor because you would just be an open book. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I was in Survivor, I would lose because I'd be too honest. It, it, it sucks because I hate I wouldn't say I hate those games. I actually really enjoy like One Night Werewolf and like Secret Hitler. Those games where it's about deception and lying to know your role. They're really fun because I find it hilarious the webs people make. But nothing's worse than like someone who knows. Okay, I'm a bad liar that most people can notice instantly. But specifically like Jared does. So we'll play a game and he'll immediately look at me and go, are you the werewolf? And I go, no. No, no. He's like, you're the werewolf. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is a fun game. I'm out. They already got one. All right. Zach is the type of player you want at your poker table because his money will soon become your money. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Well, we'll move on. Uh, But yeah, we'll start talking about the game within a game. So the first thing I do want to say about it that I really liked is that this is actually made for everyone. Yes. It is, in my opinion, not of watching the show, but just doing the puzzles. Simple. Same format. Not difficult when it comes to the Rebus puzzle. Yes. And then there's like the bit that you have to collect for the meta puzzle, which also wasn't too bad. It's really cool because when I did them, I was like, okay, not having context of the show, but just doing puzzles back to back. I was like, it wasn't fun because it wasn't difficult. But then I really thought about it and I was like, okay, but like anyone could do this. Yes. I could send this to my grandma. My grandma could probably get it. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And for the Survivor fan, it was fun because you were solving contextually towards phrases that you hear on the show all the time. We were talking about that actually a little bit, how like 
I was doing the puzzle and, you know, like I said, this was after the show's been, or the season's been done. So I was just doing the puzzle back to back to back to back to back. I mean, I understand some of the terminology that is used in Survivor just because I, you know, I've heard it to some degree and I've seen some scenes from the show or an episode, but it was so funny because not having that full context, I'm solving a puzzle and I'm like, uh, day one idol or something. And I'm like, I don't know what this (laughs) means. I mean, day one immunity. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then Jared's over here like, yeah, I solved that instantly because I'm such a big brain. <laughs> That's not, it was just, all I was saying is contextually. You knew what it you meant. You knew, easier. like, yeah. you could pick up on those phrases because they're survivorisms. Oh, oh yeah, it right? makes sense. Like, uh, you would stomp me at the World of Warcraft-isms if they turned those into Rebus puzzles. I'd be like, as a Roth. You're just shaking your head over there going, come on. I understand. But I totally agree with you. This is a hugely successful show hugely successful media series. They even have board games based on Survivor, which, by the way, we should play. I think that would be hilarious to now now see how that goes. But I just 100% agree with you. The other thing that we didn't list in our likes that I think is really good for this is there's a tiered hit system. Is it really? Yes, like just more proof that... Oh, they did say something about in the intro video that that you could ask for help. You're not going to get... If you're totally new to this at all... You could do it. And the other thing that was really engaging is they would show you the puzzle blip. They'd give you about five to 10 seconds in the show. And if you were really quick, you could solve it. But if not, and you didn't have it, you weren't watching it on like YouTube TV or I'll throw an old term out there, TiVoing the episode, then you disgust me. <laughs> then for, for all you hip older millennials out there, TiVoing, then you couldn't, kids. you couldn't, you couldn't go back and look at it. But the website was themed. It did a really good job. But Zach, before yeah. I just continue down this road, take us into our second like about game within the game. Yeah, other than old millennial things, the other thing I would just talk about is that I really did like that it's integrated into the actual show yes like it shows up in the show the context of what happens is also in the show that happens in the puzzles like the terminology is obviously used but then also i know not spoiling the meta that happens in that game the meta mattered very much to the actual show in yes. terms of the ending that's actually pretty interesting it, it, it is because their whole mindset as i understand it behind game within the game is we want a more participatory element for people watching the game who like any great game want to take it to the next level. Yeah. You could watch it say, Oh, cool puzzle. That's not really for me. I'm here for just to enjoy the television show, but here's an element. And then what they did with it is they would allow you to solve the puzzle. And then they would give you a prompt to say like, okay, here's the next level. If you're in the game and you get a day one idol, Mm -hmm. what's your strategy with that? And if you almost kind of wanted to, you know, role play it, you could kind of have a conversation with yourself. Because one cool thing that I really like about Survivor is they're always trying to get really new, diverse people to come play the game. And they treated game within a game kind of like a training ground to where it was directly viable to the episode that you just watched and then kind of teased out like, okay, we're all sitting on our couch judging these people. What would you do? What would be your strategy? And it's great because it's not like Jeff Probst's intern on the video. It's him. It's the guy that has been there for 41 seasons now that is kind of iconic, talking to you, coaching you a little bit. And I just love that, how tied in to not just Survivor, but what you are watching every week. Mm -hmm. I love it. Huge fan. And Zach, I know you love a good meta. Huge meta fan right? Like yep. metaverse, the meta, meta. The metaverse. <laughs> yeah. Facebook meta. 
How do you... Let's not go into that discussion. Let's, <laughs> Let's just talk about metapuzzles. <laughs> it had a metapuzzle. It does have a metapuzzle. That is correct. And I like that. Like, they didn't just leave it as, like, episode 12, you've done it. You're over. C- cool. <laughs> like, they gave you another level, and I, I appreciated that. Yeah, no, it's... It definitely is a meta puzzle. Like I said, I'm saying this a little bit biasly. It isn't difficult, so it's not like my favorite in terms of making me like really question the meta. In terms of being like, oh, that's really cool. Like it made me combine all this stuff. It does combine everything, so it is a good meta in terms of its like it does solve and put in everything into a like a formula and then end it. So I, I do like it for that. It's not crazy difficult, so it makes it like a fun meta for most people to be like, okay. You know, let's let's take it, like you said, one step further and get people involved to try to put in all the pieces and organize the meta, as I would say. It was good. It's a very simple but solid meta. And then also it's integrated in the show, which is also very cool. Yeah, because what you didn't know, spoilers for season 41 if you haven't watched it, but we're about to start 42, so close your ears if you don't want to hear it. That was the exact puzzle that they were solving on that episode. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know until you got to Game Within the Game that you were actually doing something that the survivors were doing. Mm. And then you got to see how puzzling plays a big role in that game. It's not just puzzling. There's a lot of different mechanics in that game. That's what, in my opinion, makes Survivor such a cool game. But what we talk about at home puzzling, it pays off. I think it was the very first episode of season 41. The very first team event that we did, they got down to this puzzle And this one contestant did the puzzle in 15 to 30 seconds. Wasn't even close. Jeff was asking her after the episode, and she was like, how did you do that? And she was like, I was practicing this puzzle in the offseason. And everyone was like, what the heck? Like, she had seen it on previous seasons. She knew it could have been a puzzle type, and she dominated it for her team. Hmm. So it's just cool to see that, like, what you and I talk about, it's part of what's going on in in big-time media. It's cool. Yeah, no, it is pretty interesting. I'm really loving it. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just love Survivor so much. It's it's so great, which makes me excited because later on, our guest is a past Survivor contestant. That is correct, yes. And we're going to get to talk to her and pick her brain about game within the game as well as her experience on the show. So I'm super pumped about that. But I think that's really going to wrap us up for our likes. Let's talk about room for improvements for this if you want to open us up, Zach. Yeah, so... I'd say the first room for improvement in this kind of series is that there is no puzzle diversity. It is the exact same puzzle every week. Right. How many episodes are in a week? I I assume one on like a Sunday. But you have one episode every week and it's the same style of puzzle. It's the Rebus puzzle every week. Right. And then step two is just a letter unscrambling. Correct. Right. So that's it, though. Your weekly puzzle. So if you I think it is a good format for mass. Like, because it's simple, it lets everyone know what's going to be like. I would almost say it's literally like Wordle in terms of, you know, the format of Wordle, but it lets people get to do it every day, you know, or obviously it's every week with the show, but like Wordle is an everyday thing, you know, but people like it. It's, you know, the format, you know what it's going to be like now it's on you to figure out the puzzle or figure out what the answer is. Right. So very good in terms of format for people, but I just like wanting to do good puzzles. They were like fine Rebus puzzles, but then that's it. There's nothing else. There's no right. diversity. I knew what was coming next. Yeah. So that's pretty much it, though, for the puzzle diversity part of it. That was also the difference between how Zach and I played this is I was playing this weekly as yeah. the show was going on. Zach sat down and did this in what, about 45 minutes? Oh, no, it was like 15. It was. It, he moved through it really quick. Yeah. So I, I think it would be great if they 
offered more of that because the Rebus puzzle is great, but I think there's so many other puzzle types out there that could be explored, even some that they use on past seasons of the show to really give a diversity to where you're wondering a little bit like, oh, week one, we did Rebus. Week two, we're doing more of this connection-based puzzle. I just think it would be fun if they opened it up a little bit, but we don't know what's going to happen in season two of Game Within the Game Mm -hmm. on season 42, so that'll be exciting. The second thing that I would say is I feel like there's a little more room to draw in people like yourself, Zach, who have never watched a Survivor episode to maybe say like, by doing this and offering a good experience, this is worth your time, not only to solve the puzzles, but play the game. What would you say to that as someone who is not, you know, involved in the the yearly Survivor craze? Hmm. I agree. I think there should be something more to like try to entice you into it or maybe, and I'm not sure what the answer that is. You know, I don't think we have to have the answer to what is like an easy way to get more people involved unless there was something directly involved in terms of like rewarding towards the show or being more involved with the show. But it does feel like there was a thing of like, I think it on a baseline level intrigues me enough to like maybe check it out more but that was it like after that point of like being like oh like having more context of understanding this i might want to watch the show but it didn't make me feel like oh i should really go watch the show now or you know what i think would be intriguing and i know they can't do this in terms of the element they have it set up at least for that one was that the answers that you needed or like more of the puzzles actually involved in the episode so you actually need to watch way more than like how it sounded is that it's like five seconds of being on screen and that's done yes what if it was like an element that was in the background of the show, like most of the episode, but you could like, if you noticed it, you could solve more puzzles that were like directly involved. Yeah, I think so it required you to do watch most of the episode, but then there was like less of it being like a very simple, like you could keep it simple, but let's say you had to like look for certain elements in the show and then you had to like take a look at it. But then, you know, they do something smart where the camera kind of stays around it for a little long, but not crazy long. So you still like, Obviously, I could hint out if it's like, look for this item in the background. Like, you would still see it, obviously, but it wasn't so like, here's five seconds of a picture. Okay, now it's done. Let's move on. There's nothing else involved with the show. It would be interesting what format they could do where you're more involved with the show's actual recording, I would call yeah, it, or the show itself. I yeah. think that's fair. I think that's a, a really good idea, and it kind of leads into our third room, and we've kind of been hinting at this a lot, but just the idea of who is this really for? Is this for and the advancement of people who already watch the show that just want a deeper level? Or would you recommend this to puzzly people that listen to our podcast to do apart from the show? Sure. I think it's mainly for people who want to have more involvement with the show. I think it's fun because I think the context of the show super matters in terms of like if you did it weekly by week, like week by week. I think if you wanted to do it alone like I did. I think it's fine. Like if you, if you're like bored, I wouldn't say bored, like in a bad way. I'm just saying like, if you genuinely were like, I don't have any games to play right now. Or if you're like, I just want to play it. Like I want to do a few quick fun Rebus puzzles. I think it's not a bad idea. It almost would be interesting too. like give like a family member, like the link to this. So you can be like, Hey, if you want to do like a few puzzles, like to let them understand what we're like, I think this would be interesting for me because it'd be like, okay, let's try to explain some of these puzzles to my family is always funny. This is a good way of being like, well, this is like Survivor. Here's a great way of like showing up a more simple puzzle style that you can get along and see what I kind of do. So I think it's good for that. But I I mean, if you're like a puzzly person, there's no challenge in this. The way I would say it is there's just not a lot of depth there. Like I said, I think of like our puzzling people group. This isn't for them in terms of like the target audience, because if we all went in there, we'd go, this is five minutes and we're done. And it's like, wow, that's 
That's it. <laughs> so good puzzles. I think what we're saying is good puzzles. If you want to do some Rebus puzzles, some unscramble puzzles within the context, amplified better if you enjoy the show. If you've never watched Survivor, obviously, I'm going to say give it a try. No, uh, I'm kidding. I'll give it a try for don't sure. Don't do it. You should watch season 42 with us. Sure, I'm down. Because um, here's why. This, and this last thing I'll say, and then we'll move into the second part of our show. One of my favorite things to do with Survivor, I've done this a couple of times now. My little brother got me into this, but we have a small group, about seven to eight people, and we bet on Survivor. Oh, interesting. So you're allowed to watch the first episode. And after watching the first episode, you have to pick who you think, wins. You have to pick who you think is going to win. Oh, wow. That's and brutal. It is amplifies the show. You have all of these like questions about like, why are they getting more screen time? And my person's not getting more screen time. Like you're constantly in this state of paranoia. And obviously the chances of you knowing someone on the show is low. It just gives you a dog in the fight. And I love that. I love, love, love getting to root for someone. Last season, it was hilarious because nobody won. Wait, really? Yeah, we had eight people. I think we only had one one person that two people picked. And as soon as my person was out, I was rooting for the only person that could win that so that I didn't have to lose money to the rest of these people. And that happened and it was fantastic. Nice. So yeah, we're going to get you in on that this week or on this upcoming season 42. But that means you have to watch the show, Zach. Okay. You're so excitable. All right, that's going to wrap us up for our first section. Hang around for Puzzles to the People coming at you next. Solve puzzles, write reviews, win prizes. It's time for Puzzles to the People. Puzzlers, we need your help. We need you to leave us a five-star review so that more people can find us. It doesn't matter if you prefer the black and electric green of Spotify or the medley of pink and blue at Apple. Go to wherever you listen to this podcast, click that five-star rating, and let's grow our community together. Welcome back to Puzzling Company here in the Deadbolt Mystery Society studio. Again, if you've never played a Deadbolt game, give it a whirl. Lots of different options, and it's great for the murder mystery enthusiast as well as the escape room player, so can't go wrong. Here in... Our second section, we do a lot of things. We talk reviews. Can't really do that today. This wasn't really a reviewable game. But we actually let Zach know what we were talking about this time. He had homework. I did have homework. Today in the middle section, we're talking about TV shows that have some kind of interactive puzzly element to it. Whether that is like we've been talking about with Survivor to kind of have a complimentary thing, or if it's directly related to something that you can solve in the show. Zach, we did research on this. I really thought there was going to be more. It's interesting because I think there's a lot in the past in certain like older television shows, but it was funny because you asked me if I, if I known of shows that have like a puzzle element at the end that was more interactive. And I was like, not that I remember chief, and then I tried looking it up and I could not find literally anything about the subject. So it's really interesting. I feel like I've just been on a streak of like shows that have something else for you to do. Yeah. Um, but I want to I want to talk about those a little bit. Okay. And we'll kind of go back in time. I'll predate you a little bit. Okay. One of the first ones that I remember this on was a wonderful, wonderful sci-fi show called Fringe. And... From the get-go, 
fringe has you involved. I think a lot of shows, and I want to be clear about this. I think a lot of shows have Easter eggs, right? Mm -hmm. Think about your favorite shows. If you care enough about that show, guarantee you there are hidden things in there for you to find. I'm talking about something for you to solve. I actually just thought of one that I know. Oh, okay. We'll continue on your train of thought first. Okay. So in Fringe, it was so deep on that level. So what would happen is people were talking about this. Every commercial break, they would flash you a coded cipher. Oh, okay. And I was obsessive about this. I had a notebook. I was writing these things down after every episode. Mm-hmm. Me and you, you know, my, my best friend, Corey. I do know Corey. We even, <laughs> at the time, we didn't have TiVo. We, but we were recording it, I think, on a DVR or something like that. Yep. We were even seeing blips of things in the intro, and we were frame by framing it on this <laughs> old big screen CRT that, oh, we, the that, CRTs. that we bought. But there was this hidden coded message. And they did not tell you how to solve it. They gave you nothing. So, and, and it's all symbol-based. We were like, oh, does lizard equal F? But it was so fun to try to sit around and break that and discover hidden messages that, you know, we're not going to affect the writer's room of what's happening on Fringe. But it, it was just kind of this cool thing that if you wanted it, it fit perfectly into this weird world that they were painting, the fringe science world that they were painting into the narrative of the show. Hmm. That's where I'll start. So if you ever want to go back and watch Fringe, it's great. Fantastic narratives. If you like sci-fi, it's right up your alley. And then it gives you just that extra little something that you can solve. Hmm. I'm super curious to hear what your next example is. Okay. It isn't as interactive. It's more of like a people were just curious and then solved most of it. So I would say in the CW's Flash, I think it's season four or five, they create like this cryptic, basically, I'm going to spoil part of season four because it happens at the very beginning. It's four or five. I stopped watching after that. So that's all I can tell you. That's surprising. You love The Flash. Oh, that show. If the CW is listening and want to advertise with us, I love the CW. (laughs) If they're not listening to this, that show after like season two or three is unfortunate. That's how I'll put it. (laughs) The DC, other than the cartoon shows, don't do the Flash justice. That's all I'm going to say. Anyways. Hot take from Zach. I don't have a hot take. I think everyone agrees on that. (laughs) Anyways, so one of the parts of the elements is that Barry goes into the Speed Force and essentially gets stuck in there for a while. And he comes back and he basically has knowledge from the future because the Speed Force is kind of like an ever-ending timeline. So he can kind of see everything. So he comes back and starts speaking cryptically, but starts writing down all this info. That's the context you need to know. So throughout the show, a lot of the like the quotes that he says get answered, but there was the writing on the wall that he did. And so people started figuring out how the cipher worked and solved it so that they knew what was going to be told, which I found really intriguing because I remember people like finding it and then trying to actually solve it. And then people were starting to figure out how the cipher worked. Uh, So that's like my only real element of like not one that they wanted you to interact with. They wrote it as like a way that the other characters in the show couldn't figure it out. But I love that people are like, I'm going to figure this out. And then they did. So it, it was cool. But yeah, I think the only other example I would see that I know of now is Survivor that has that element. So, mm. but obviously I haven't watched it. You That's know, fair. So fair. It is interesting that there are shows that do have that element of like a extra puzzle at, in it that makes you work for it or whatever. I love it. The other one that I think of. Dora the Explorer. <laughs> 
I'm you not did wrong. Not just bring in Dora the Explorer. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, kids shows do a great job of making you solve puzzles. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong on that statement, but that's it. After that, Blue's Clues. They make you. Blues we just found a letter. We just wonder who it's from. I miss Steve. Okay, continue. I mean, you saw the... Yeah, Steve's making me cry lately. Steve is bringing out all of the feels lately. As much as that cracks me up, you're not wrong. Like, you're dead on with that. Like Swiper's coming to steal my calculator. I'm not letting it happen. Swiper better back up. But you're you're right. It's inviting people into solving a puzzle. It is. As ever basic as it may be, it's the building blocks of what we are using now in a lot of the games that we have. I think that's great. Which leads me into another cartoon. This is one of my shows. Like if you if you said, hey, I'm going to put you on a deserted island and you only get a handful of shows, I think this would be in it. Can I guess it? Please. Okay, this has to be Gravity Falls. It's totally Gravity Falls. It's the only show that you talk about so much with me that we you reference, and I've not seen all of Gravity Falls. I've seen a few episodes, and you get mad at me every time I tell it's you It's an abomination. It's okay, so Okay, but I watched good. the one with the bear, so that's like the one you that- did, You did. You did watch the one with the multi-bear, yeah, and I respect I, that. Yeah, I love the multi-bear. <laughs> that's a great episode. Another time again. But at the end of every Gravity Falls episode, there's a cipher to break. That whole show is just about mystery and solving and figuring out the truth. And they even came out with the journals. You can buy the journals that you see in that show. Oh, wait, really? Like the three? Yeah, you could buy the, oh, you could cool. buy the three journals. But I just love that show on so many levels. But again, I was someone that was solving that show. There was even a, a Reddit thread about like something like that they deep hid in the show. Beyond that, it got real deep. Something with like stitches in the bus but that was another level to the show and again it played perfectly into like what the show is about just like fringe how much do you want to know how deep do you want to take this and i love that because i'm here for it put a cipher in a show ask me to go survive or whatever yes you have me i will go do that because the tv show is only so participatory right you can put yourself in the narrative if you want to You can enjoy it because it's not about you. But at the end of the day, I'm not the star of the show, right? Yeah. In so many of the games that we play, I am. So I like that. I like that. (laughs) Hey, you flex all the time. Let me have a, I don't even feel like Jared. This is weird. (laughs) Okay. Continue. I just love getting to engage myself in a medium that I think predated the medium that we're getting to talk about now. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot more of fusion between what we regularly cover and what we could see in the future. Yeah. There's that world. I feel like the decoding, deciphering, that follows more of the escape room sensibilities that we're used to. Then we have to go to the whole other spectrum, which is crime dramas. Crime dramas for years have had different elements of, can you solve it? Extra clues, yada, yada, yada. Some shows do a good job of giving you enough. Movies are in the same vein, like yeah. to solve it. Some are, you have no chance. You're just along for the ride until. Or the, some answer it immediately. And it's more about like the finding yes, them and answering. Yes. The, it's more about the drama yeah, of what is okay. happening. Yeah. But this goes to Zach's homework. There is a great new show out on Netflix called Murderville. Yep. Where the premise is Will Arnett is this detective. I love Will Arnett. He's perfect for this role. In every new episode, they bring on a new big-name star inside and outside of mainstream entertainment. First episode was Conan O'Brien. The second episode was 
Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Well, I'm excited to watch that. Which, episode. yeah. But the whole premise of it is two things. One, the person that they bring on doesn't get the script, and they're improving the entire show. Amazing, just for that. The second thing is the person that's there has to actually solve the crime, which means simultaneously you get to. Yes. And you get to participate. And Zach, I, I want to hear your experience on that, having that you just watched it about an hour ago. Yeah. It was good. I actually found it quite entertaining. I mean, it has a lot of really good celebrities in it slash actors. So I found it kind of hilarious. They do a good job of making like a pretty funny script, but also what they did well that I actually really enjoyed is that they made it like simple enough that if you just listen to all the like, okay, because they, I'll tell you this in the first episode, they introduced the three like potential suspects. Yes. You know, but the like part of the show is split up. So you meet one first, you meet the second one in the second part, you meet one near the end. And then then the end, they like do the discussion of who did it. But what I really found interesting is that you do get all the information at first. They have some fun bits with like introducing other characters to like jump into the scene randomly. Like in the, in this one, a small random girl just shows like a kid shows up at the crime scene and starts asking Conan O'Brien questions that are not great to like ask the answer for a kid. But, it, you know, what I enjoyed, though, is that if you understand and you take knowledge of like, OK, these are the things that happened. These are the notes that they kind of like give the character as well as the the actor who comes on the show or the, the celebrity. They move on and then they introduce the other characters and the other characters meet the criteria, but they all in a subtle way or not can or cannot do it. The deductive element. Yeah, but but I liked it because it was simple enough that they're like, okay, they're really, sho- I wouldn't say shoehorning is the right word, but they're throwing it in your face. They're like, oh, I'm going to tell you part of the first episode, so I don't want to, I'm not going to spoil who did it, but I'm sure. just going to say one of the elements is that there's hot sauce on the murder weapon. That's all you got to know. But the first character works at this place that uh, obviously has some hot sauce style stuff. And all three of the characters have some element of it. But it's funny because they keep throwing at your face being like, oh, this could do it because here's part of the murders thing. You know, and then they're like, they bring in another element and the character goes, oh, well, this just happened. That could be relevant. And then depending on the character, they do a good job of like subtly or not being like, oh, but this, you know, or or this, you know, or say something or do something that clearly goes, okay, they couldn't have done it or they could have. And it was really interesting because I was like, okay, that's a really fun way of like making it obvious enough that people could get it or at least gather the information from each suspect that you're not like, like, it's not like one character just goes like, oh, there's no, like, you would have no idea that they did it or didn't do it. They very clearly throw it out there like, oh, this person was close to being able to like have all three of the objectives done that you would know they did it. But clearly they say this or do this. That makes it impossible to do it. And then they debrief it. Yeah, at the at very the end. end. So if you miss something. And my other favorite part, though, is that they let the, the celebrity give their reasoning. And Conan O'Brien's for the first episode was hilarious because he gets it right, technically. But his second part of the deduction is just so out there that even the actors are like, this is literally not possible. Like, <laughs> like this is like, you know, they, they, and it's hilarious because the actors are like talking to each other. Like, yeah, I, technically it'd be the opposite way in this scenario. You know, it was it was good. But I will tell you. For me, like being more experienced in this space, it was simple. But what's funny is, and they they tell you this ahead of times, is sometimes the guest gets it, sometimes they don't. They're not going to let everyone just win this game, which I like too. But it's so fun because not only are you enjoying the humor of the show, almost the like noir memeing of the show, but if you want to play along, you can play along. And that's the word that I want to hit on is sometimes I just want to be an audience member. Yeah. Right. I want to go like right now I'm super excited to go see death on the Nile. I think that's what it's called. 
the Hercule Poirot series. Yep. Um, I'm super excited to go just sit and enjoy that. But sometimes if you're telling me I can play along while watching the TV show, Zach, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like that's what kids love about Blue's Clues. That's what kids love about Dora the Explorer. They love helping I'm a out. big kid. I still want to do that. Yeah. I, I want to participate. I, I love that. And to get to do that autonomously while millions of other people across the world do that, that is such a huge win. I'm going to keep watching that show for yeah. so many different reasons. I think the other fun part of that show is the potential comedy aspect of like throwing a character in a pr- improv. Like I really liked Conan O'Brien as a guest, but I'm super excited to watch Marshawn Lynch because I feel like him as a guest could be hilarious. Uh, him getting thrown into an element. Like I won't that. spoiler, but I was I was belly laughing. Oh, I I during his episode. the preview they did for it. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be so great. I, I want to tie it back now into Survivor. Okay, because everything else that we've talked about hasn't been reality mm. TV. Right, Survivor is reality television. Okay, these are unscripted people competing, and it amplifies the game a little bit when now you're cause you're all as someone who watches shows, I'm always putting myself in it. Right. Yeah. On a, obviously a limited base at, right. I understand that the edited version of the show is not, that's exactly what happened. Right. The editors are telling a story as well, Sure, but it's always so interesting to get to put myself in their shoes. And now to get to do some of the things that they get to do is fun. It's playing once again, but do you see that? Do you think it's different? Do you think there's a shift between participating in a drama, a crime drama, a sci-fi drama versus a reality show? Yes and no. I mean, it just depends. It is the same concept that you are trying to interact with it. So you can have like elements of like, what would you do in this scenario? Yes. Or like, how would you logically solve this problem? I think that is the same between the two. Now, the way that you interact is different. Like in a murder mystery, they give you more info And it's on you to like solve the puzzle generally. Like it's more about like gathering info and then deductive reasoning. And, you know, that's obviously about the games as well, not even just shows. But, you know, like that's the point they're trying to get across in that style, you know, versus reality TV. It's more about what would you do, but you really don't have the answer. It's not about like there's no correct answer in reality TV because it's about what would you do, right? Like there's things you do in your normal life that you think at the time is the right decision, but maybe not. You know, especially if you're doing competition stuff, like you might make the decision that you think the best element is to vote off this person. Yeah, I, I hearken back to our episode a couple episodes ago. Where we were talking about realism. I think it's more fun for me in Survivor because I could be on Survivor. Yeah. Am I going to be on Murderville one day? That'd be dope if I was famous enough one day. You know, they could have a puzzling company on Murderville, like Netflix, where you at? Listen up. But, but realistically, statistically, we'll say probably not. But Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Uh, but on the other side of it, that's the whole thing. Survivors are ordinary people playing this game. And to be able to frame it that way, it's like, oh, yeah, like, I like this a lot more because realistically, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that could be really cool. We should make a Amazing Race video one day. They should have us on the Amazing Race. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Would that be the end of our podcast? Like, do you think we would just be like to try hard at the end of it and we would just get upset at each other. Could you travel around the world with me? Would you like to know if I've ever seen The Amazing Race? Have you never seen The Amazing Race either? Okay, I've watched a few, it's the same thing. Watched a few episodes. I don't know if I've ever watched a full season to see how it fully plays. Now, traveling the world and doing puzzles or like solving things, I think could be fun. I would do that. Yes. 
Now, if he failed me, because I know it'd be, you know, on that end, there's no way I would fail. No, no. I think it'd be fun. I think we would have a really fun time with it, but I would get very competitive and I know you get competitive too. So it'd be interesting to see how we react to like failing. Yeah, that's what I'm like. If we came in second place, would puzzling companies cease to exist? No, but like, what we do is we'd advertise the heck out of it. Let's say that you threw super hard. Like, could I forgive you? Could we move forward? How would I throw so hard? And that <laughs> do I just go like, hey, other team, here's the answer. <laughs> no, there's let's talk about that. Like part of amazing racist puzzles. Yeah. Escape room style puzzles. A lot of it is attention to detail. But again, and you're sitting there too, and you're getting to judge. Like going back to my original question, it's like, I think if I had to pick like the Murderville, the fringe or like doing it in a reality TV setting, I love that survivor did it with their show because it it makes me more involved in something that feels like could happen. So I I wish more like big brother. You ever watch big brother? Yeah, I've seen a little bit. Okay. I was like, maybe I'm just watching all of this reality TV. I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of reality TV, but I've seen episodes from most reality television shows just because I watch it once and I get like, okay, no. And I think that's the, the distinction. Like I'm not a drama person. We've talked a lot of anime lately. I know you're more of an anime person. Uh, Yeah. And, and I'm not, but I guess I'm more of the reality TV side of this podcast. Yeah. Which kind of just makes me like a mass market sellout maybe. And you're just, you're just old. (laughs) Great. So my generation, (laughs) no, 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 no. I mean, it's just different. Like we just like different things, but it's cool. Cause I I really like discussions where we both don't understand the opposite person's point of view. Like, cause it's hilarious when you like talk to me about certain shows that I haven't watched, but then I tell you about like anime or like a video game that you don't really play as much as I do. And then it's like, it's fun because you can see how much they enjoy it. Like that's obviously the fun part with any like friend or person, you know, that has like a thing that they enjoy that you're not as much into, but you can clearly tell like how fun it is for them. I totally agree. I think that's great because I do love hearing you talk about the different animes you're watching and I'm sure you've enjoyed my giddiness for getting to talk about survivor. Oh yeah. That's going to really wrap up our second section. You want to hang around for questions for creators. And if you don't, you're fired. (laughs) We don't have a creator per se. This is again a player that got to be on Survivor actually multiple seasons. Wait, really? Zach, oh, that's yes. actually kind of cool. Uh, got to come back for one of those All Star seasons. Oh, they were, which, oh, that's are, interesting. which are some of my favorite. We're going to get to know her a little bit better. We're going to get to talk about, again, her experience, what she thinks about game within the game, and just nerd out a little bit, which we love to do. So True. hang around with us. Questions for creators coming up next. There are some really awesome people who make the puzzles we love to solve. This is Questions for Creators. Jared here again, asking you to keep your eyes peeled this month for your chance to join our email list. Signing up will grant you access to our Puzzles Almanac, which will be emailed to you quarterly. This almanac houses the latest in games, reviews, and discounts to all the games that you love. Additionally, anyone that signs up will automatically get three free digital games to enjoy with your friends and family. Keep those eyes peeled, Puzzling Company. Welcome back to Puzzling Company. We are now here in the third section of the show that is questions for creators. As you know, we are here in the Deadbolt Mystery Society studio today. Whoop, whoop. If you've not played a Deadbolt game, you totally should. Jared, we've kind of hinted at it already, but we don't technically have a creator on for this episode. We do not. Uh, we have a player. 
is what I would say. Someone who maybe even created their own experience, but was not the creator of the experience in which they played. Interesting. Okay. So you're saying with all the context we have added, we have a contestant from Survivor. We do. We do. And someone that is in the puzzle community and like goes to bat for the puzzle community. Like it's really an honor to get to have her on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're really excited to talk to her. We're going to get right into it. If you would just introduce yourself, say your name, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is PG Law. I was on a little known show called Survivor. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's been on CBS for like 40 years. So you've probably heard of it unless you've been living under a rock, but I was on season 15 in China and I was also back for a all-star returnee season and that was season 31, Second Chance in Cambodia. And I am also a huge escape room, tabletop, puzzling game aficionado. And I co-host a podcast called Reality Escape Pod with David Spira of Room Escape Artists. And I will also be at Recon, our room escape, our, our escape room convention that will be in Boston this August. I love everything you just said. Oh, yeah. So you don't know this about us, but one of us is a giant Survivor fan. The other one, not so much. But that's made what we're talking about really interesting. And I think it'll be a great segue into talking some of these things about UPG is we do want to dive in. But before that, we want to get to know you a little bit more. It is our understanding that you are a League of Legends player. I am obsessively, like embarrassingly. I play many, many hours. Please don't follow me because then you'll see how much I play and it's really embarrassing. It's a little late for that. We've definitely uh, (laughs) stalked you on the sites that show how much you play. Uh, Zach is a league player. I've been playing since season two and have not stopped, but we're both, it looks like support mains. So, Oh yes, I've always been a support. Even when I played all the other RPGs, whenever I play, um, I used to play World of Warcraft. I used to play EverQuest. We totally get that. We were we were just like, yes, like awesome nerdy people that understand us, like PG, like <laughs> we're, we're in it. But yeah, I also would say I play an unhealthy sometimes amount of League of Legends. Oh, yeah. But I feel the support vibes. Yes. Lately, I've been all about playing champs that just help the team in general. That's, I think, and that's why we're support mains. I think that's why I like escape rooms. Uh, yesterday I just interviewed somebody who created a very, very popular co-op game. And, and again, I feel like I love co-op games. I'm like kind of over these competitive games. Although league is a competitive game, but you're still playing on a team. You are. And I know for someone that played on Survivor, you have to have some competitive gene in you. For me, the league is my outlet for competition. Is it is it a little bit the same for you? I used to be the most horrific competitive person. Like none of my friends would play fighting games with me anymore. People won't play games with me because I was just this horrible, terrible competitive person. But that is probably how I got cast on Survivor. So, you know, you do a bunch of tests. You have to take personality tests. There's Mm -hmm. interviews and things like that. You know, and the people who cast for Survivor cast also for Amazing Race and Big Brother. And they will pull people who apply from one show and cast them on another show sometimes. You know, so somebody maybe applied for Amazing Race and they were like, hey, we actually think you'd be a better fit for Survivor or vice versa. And so I talked to one of the people in casting and I was like, 
you know, I kind of see why people go to Big Brother. There's a certain personality that's on Big yes. Brother, you it's know, that way. Yes. But I feel like the type of people that would go on Survivor and the type of people that would go on Amazing Race seem to have similar personalities ish. You know, they're both adventurous, competitive shows. So I was like, how do you determine that one person maybe isn't a good fit for Amazing Race, but you want them on Survivor? She's like, okay. She's like, so for Amazing Race, she's like, don't get offended. And I was like, I won't. We always put the smartest, most organized people on Amazing Race. She's like, that doesn't mean that you guys aren't smart because obviously you have to be somewhat (laughs) smart to be on either of these shows. But they were like, Amazing Race needs a level of like organization and figuring Mm -hmm. out and planning schedules and all of that. And plus, a lot of times that's about your relationship with your partner too. Sure. Right. She was like, but for Survivor, she's like, we always screen for competitiveness. Mm. She's like, you have to be the most competitive person in your friend group, in your family that you know, because unless you have that instinct to win, where winning means more to you than anything else. It means more to you than friendship. It means more to you than your own comfort. Mm. It means more to you than the shame and humiliation, like whatever. She was like, you have to want to win above all. Otherwise you will not make it on Survivor because it's so hard. The conditions are so tough. The other people you're dealing with are so cutthroat. Everything is so difficult. And to really make it through to the end, you have to be really motivated to win. Above even like having people like you. I was like, oh, that makes makes a lot of sense because it is so hard. That's what I would tell myself every day. You know, and I wanted to quit. I was crying. I was hungry. I was miserable. I hated everybody. And I was like, are you a winner or a loser? Like, are you going to quit? Do you want to win a million dollars? I was like, it's a one day, you know? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, you have to have this internal dialogue with yourself every day where all you care about is winning. Because to me in League of Legends, that says like, put me on top lane. Let me hard carry. Put me in mid lane. Now we want to move into like talking more about the show because that's really intriguing. Yeah, so... One of the first things that Jared actually brought up that I think is interesting is that Jared has watched almost. I'm the scene every season. I wouldn't call myself a super fan because if you're like, tell me the cast of season 22, no idea. I watch it religiously, but I, I don't always remember a whole lot about it. Yeah. And then there's me who I've seen episodes occasionally and I know certain terminology from Survivor, but I, I'm someone who doesn't watch it. I just see it occasionally, maybe on like YouTube. Could you maybe, PG, convince our audience to give Survivor a try? Like, why would it be engaging on a puzzly side? Oh, my God. So, like, Survivor is actually the reason why I got so involved in the Escape Room community because so many of the creators and designers of puzzle hunts, of Escape Rooms, are huge Survivor fans. So there is a really big crossover between people who enjoy puzzles, designing them, and Survivor. And it's because Survivor is a giant puzzle. Well, first of all, it's a strategy game. Yes. So if you involve, if you enjoy gaming, like you'll like Survivor. And a lot of it is about balancing out your team and people and numbers. There are lots of puzzles in the game itself where there's competitions. It's got everything. It's got a lot of heart. And having been on it, I will tell you that it is very authentic. So they are really good at showing the true range of human emotion. And they're very good at the casting, I think. So people who are good at being able to express themselves and you can feel what they're feeling and go through the gamut of like when I'm happy, like you could tell, or like when I'm like devastated by a loss, you can feel that. So it's got that human drama. The editing is really good. Mm. So 
it's funny. And like the people they cast are really funny too. And the editing is good at highlighting that and not in a cheesy slapstick way, but you know, there's inside jokes, there's callbacks, there's repeats. The game evolves. So just like with the league, there's a lot of balance issues, right? Every season you see that they do balance changes. Some champs get buffed, some get nerfed and people are very reactionary to these changes and people, some smart guy out there has learned how to exploit uh, maybe an item or a new champ balancing act, right? So people do this in survivor too. And that's really what makes it the most interesting. And that's why people continue to follow it year after year is seeing how it evolves and seeing somebody come up with a totally new strategy. So I'll give you like a small example, even in the first season, when people first got on, they were like, oh, this is a survival game, you know? And they were like, we'll just vote out the weak person. Exactly. And then Richard Hatch, who was the winner, a spoiler alert, <laughs> but he figured out this isn't about voting out the weak link or voting out who we don't like. This is a war game yep. and it's about gathering allies, Absolutely. you know? And so that changed everything. My personal opinion is that, especially in the last 10 seasons, Survivor has become more puzzly. Oh, absolutely. As the game has evolved, it has embraced the puzzle world more. Season 41, I was like, goodness, like they're really, I was like, that's an escape room puzzle. Like that is an escape room puzzle that I that you see in that episode. Do you think that is uh, true, first of all? And why do you think that the game is leaning more that way? Well, I think that it gets boring if you don't implement changes it's Mm. also the other thing is people figured out how to play they kind of figure out how to win and it's not fun it's boring Mm. and so you have to throw a little twist because again part of what makes this show good is seeing how people adapt to unusual circumstances i think that's part of why they put in all these puzzles plus i think they also realize that that's a large part of their fan base and survivor is staying on the air for so long because they have a really really strong super fan base of people who watch every season are really into it. And so I think that they've kind of realized that what's been keeping it going are the super fans. And so I think they also know that puzzles are part of what people like, and we like seeing Mm -hmm. people be clever. Yes, I agree because I'm used to seeing puzzles as a part of the challenges. Oh, now there's puzzles just out when we're not, you know, quote unquote, competing in challenges. And that's super intriguing to me because I feel like that would be the fun part for me is like, oh, you left me a hint to find an idol. Now we're playing the game because the physical challenges, I probably wouldn't be as strong as other people on the island. But it's definitely gotten a lot more puzzly in these last 10 seasons, I think. I mean, I'm a nerd like that. So it just gets me excited to see the iteration that they're bringing out. And one one of those that I want to talk about is I feel like they made the biggest deal about season 41. I think part of that was coming back from the pandemic for the viewers, but it also seemed like they really changed up the gameplay. And one of the things that they did and what we got to play it and covered earlier in the episode was we played all of game within the game, which uh, you obviously know what it is. Our listeners, just a reminder, it's a game that you play once per episode. It's a rebus puzzle followed by an unscramble puzzle. And then if you play it all, you get a fun meta. My question to you is, did you decide to play along with that? Like, did you do that with season 41? And what were your thoughts on it? Oh, you knew more about it than I did. I didn't even know there was an unscramble. I thought it was just the Rebus. No, it was. I was so impressed. It was. Where's the unscramble? 
so what would happen is you would get the rebus and then after it gave you the rebus, it would just give you like the letters like E T O V. And you had to know that that was vote. And then you would type in vote. And then after that, Jeff would come on the screen and he would say, okay, here's your scenario based on something that actually happened on the episode. What would you have done? So you almost got to like RP a little bit. Oh, that was on a website. Yeah. That was on the website. Yeah. So, but after you solved the rebus, you got like a phrase, like you get like tribal council. And then how did you get letters out of that? You would type that in as your answer. You would say, here's the answer to the rebus. Oh. And then you would get then the next get the letters. Yeah. And then after that, they would, they would give you a smattering of letters that you had no idea what you had to do with. And it turned out at the end of the whole thing, there was a meta puzzle. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. I'm horrible. I'm horrible at anagrams. Uh, even though I like <laughs> word puzzles, I'm really bad at seeing them visually. Like I'm one of those people I'm bad at spelling out loud. So in a lot of the puzzles in Survivor, especially in the past, were all anagrams. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. There wasn't a a whole lot other than that. What are your thoughts on that level of involvement towards the viewer and not so much the participant? Good thing, bad thing? I think uh, anything that gets your audience involved is always... It's always a good thing. People get invested when they can kind of play along. You know, it's annoying for us. Like one of the things that they do is, for example, when I'm doing a challenge and some of these are puzzles like jigsaw puzzles, for example, we are not allowed to work on the puzzle on the floor. You have to work on it one at a time in the frame or wherever you're supposed to put it. So you have to rearrange it in the frame. It's not like you can just kind of put them off to the side and see if they fit together and then try to put them in the frame. So, and the thing is you at home don't know that we have these restrictions when we're creating these puzzles. Or like, this is something that messed me up in Cambodia. We had a puzzle that was painted onto like these wooden slats that you had to put in vertically next to each other, but they're painted on both sides. And so I don't know that there was really enough of a distinguishing difference. And I think we had a couple of them flipped at some point without even knowing that it was wrong because half of the puzzle was flipped and they were like, that's wrong. And I'm like, it looks right to me. And you don't know what it's (laughs) supposed to look like, but it's so that the cameras, you know, can see you building it from the other side. Right. So they have to do that for the audience because it is a show for television. That's really interesting. Did you have puzzle frustration sometimes? Like, because one of my favorite things about listening to you and David on your podcast is I love on the spoiler episodes, like you don't spare anything. You call it like it is. If it was a bad puzzle at what everybody thinks is the best escape room in the world, like you're putting it out there. So like, (laughs) like, I know you don't want to throw a survivor under the bus, but were there some survivor puzzles where you were like, when you walk out of escape room, you're like, okay, I kind of call BS. You know, that's a hard thing to say because I can't tell if I was bad at this puzzle because it's a bad puzzle because I'm not good at it or if it's like I'm just so hungry and you're under the sun. I mean, the thing is, I was working on a jigsaw puzzle and it's a hundred and five degrees out there. You're It's noontime because it's the best lighting for them to film. I haven't had any water or food in three days. And I literally almost passed out. Like I started seeing stars and I had to like stop. So I'm not going to judge a puzzle because I'm playing them under suboptimal sure, conditions. Sure. That's fair. I think that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've always wondered that because as a, as a viewer, it's like you said, I'm, you know, I'm eating chilies on my couch while watching Survivor. And, you know, it's, I think it's easy to either judge performance or look at the puzzle design sitting here going, 
you know how we always do sometimes when we experience something that maybe is not fit for us. But Zach, did you feel like game within a game had any of that? I'm going to say no, only because from my experience, people who are more puzzly have a, a little bit of a different view on it than I, maybe I'm different than most people, but the game within a game wasn't that difficult. I think it is made for like a general audience of people to watch it. And I think it's really good because it, you could give that Rebus puzzle to most people and they could struggle with it for a little bit or not and get it sure. and be more involved. And I think that's awesome, but it isn't, at least in my opinion, they weren't difficult, but also they aren't interactive. So it's mostly just interpreting. And then you did get the hint system. I don't think that game within a game could have many frustrating elements in terms of a viewer base, because realistically, as you described and how I saw it through like the, the example program is that you'd watch through the show, you'd show up for like five to 10 seconds on the screen, and then you would try to solve it then, or like you'd be able to see it online do it and then do the unscramble part later after you got the phrase. I think the only frustration I saw in terms that I found it kind of like, eh, was the meta, but it's just because it was simple. It was so, but it was very simple. And that's where I was just like, but that's not frustration for it being like, like a bad design. It's more just like, this is an easy meta, but it's one that is fun in terms of you gathered all that info. Sure. But that, that goes back directly to what PG is saying. Like that simple puzzle right here in the air conditioning is something completely different under the conditions of what you're doing out there. Sure. Although that's a puzzle that is meant for viewers at home. But again, you can't build a game for everybody. Like we know this with escape rooms. You can't build something that's going to be good for enthusiasts and for newbies alike. It's very, very difficult to do. And Survivor has like, I don't know, 15 million viewers. And to be honest, the puzzles are not going to be for the hardcore enthusiasts. They're mostly going to be for casual players and getting them involved. So it's tough to judge it in that way. I will say the one that I thought was really actually fun was, I don't know if you saw this, Zach, but in season 40, 41, they, was it the first episode where they were given a choice to count triangles? Oh (laughs) my gosh, yeah. You could either count triangles Hmm. or you had to do four hours of like hard labor and i laughed so hard so so basically it was one of those puzzles where there's like a triangle a pyramid with a ton of lines in it yeah right and you got it like how many different triangles are actually in it yeah are actually in it. i have played that in an escape room oh god that's that awful <laughs> uh, so yeah. the catch with that was that you were only allowed you had four hours but you were only allowed to submit one answer one shot at guessing the Jeez. correct answer. Or the alternate was that only two members of your tribe had to haul water to fill like, I don't know, four barrel gallons. And they couldn't do it directly. They had to follow a certain route. So it's like with these tiny buckets. So you had to make multiple, multiple trips over the sand, which is, I don't even like walking on the sand to the beach. And I think every single tribe chose to they haul did. water. Every yeah. single tribe chose really? the water. Wow. <laughs> yep. And I was laughing at them on Twitter, but then as more and more of the people were answering these triangles and it started off with a very confident 14 and I'm like, okay, I'm at 20 and I barely even tried, uh, you know, and people were extremely confident like that, like 20, 22. And I think the, it was, the answer was like 50 something, but the way that people were arguing over this and I was like, okay, you know what? That was a very easy thing for me to laugh at at home and be like, these people could have chose, could have counted triangles and instead they chose four hours of hard labor. But seeing all the people online, you know, armchair quarterbacking this triangle puzzle, the arguments that would have come up when you could only submit one answer and people, and you don't have pen or paper to take notes or anything either. You know, so (laughs) I I thought uh, that was fun. That's one of the big rules of Survivor is there's no writing implements 
on Survivor, right? Like you're not allowed to like bring pen and paper. Or, like you're not allowed to bring anything to. You can't bring anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, didn't it? Didn't in the early seasons? Didn't they let you bring like one personal item? Yeah. So in the early seasons, you could have what they called a luxury item, and yes. so somebody would bring like a toothbrush or somebody would bring oh, like okay. a, a photograph of their, you know, a photo album of their family. Uh, some people, and this is one of the things that again is very fun with Survivor. Some people did things that were kind of sneaky or smart, like Colby brought a f- Texan flag, you know, I'm a proud Texan, but his flag was like a humongous waterproof flag so they could use it as a tarp. So that was kind of clever. Like my luxury item, which we were not given ours, like they trick you a lot of times. So they'll tell you to prepare stuff and they don't give it to you. So they had us prepare a luxury item, but we weren't given them. But mine was a jewelry baking kit, which they allowed because it fit with my character because I'm a jeweler. But I mean, a jewelry making kit is basically just a toolkit. So I'm like, well, this is an awesome thing to have, you know, out there. Oh, man. I'm imagining the fake idols that you would have started making. Oh, that's that like, oh, it would have been on another level. Yeah. Beads and pliers and like fishing wire. Like, give me a break. <laughs> and they didn't allow us to have that. But my friend Jamie, who was on Survivor China with me, and she was like this Southern sorority girl. Her luxury item was a slip and slide. You know, again, you could have used that as a tarp. We have another question, PG. So one of the things that we wondered is what can the at-home puzzle and mystery world learn more from Survivor? And I would ask the inverse of that too. What would you say that Survivor needs to learn from the tabletop world and vice versa? Mm. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess if there's a way to create shifting, they're so different in the the way you would design for each of them. Yes, yes. Because... A tabletop puzzle game is not necessarily a competitive sport the way Survivor is. So that's kind of a tough thing to do. I guess, I don't know, like if you want to put an element where you do have a winner, but that's kind of diametrically opposed to the whole point of playing a tabletop puzzle game is if you're playing that, you want to play together as a team and not compete against each other. Otherwise, you'd be playing a different game. So I don't know the answer <laughs> to no, that. that. It's interesting because we've we've actually really enjoyed some of the competitive escape game tabletops that we've played. Yeah, like so as an example, like one that we've played is Crew versus Crew, right. which is a deckscape game. And traditionally, obviously, deckscape and most at home games, like you've said, are very cooperative. Most deckscapes we play is like, okay, you pick this character, your character has this ability. You know, you do these things, these tasks together, work together in the goal, get a score, right? There is a few games in the at-home space that have scores. So there is a competitive element of like, you should try to complete as much as possible. Don't fail as many times. Don't take hints, whatever. But it, but it's more of like an optional thing where, you know, at the end of the day, most people go into it being like, well, I want to have fun, take my time and do that. But then we've played some games like Crew versus Crew where it goes like, there is a winner. Someone will win this. You will compete against each other. Who is the best of the best? Right. And but it, it has been fun because it is interesting having, you know, especially if you have people that play as many, like obviously Jared and I have a relationship where we get to play them all, all the time together. So it's fun when we occasionally get that moment of like, okay, let's see who is better. Who would get this puzzle easier? Like who struggles with this more? Who and then to get to have that fun element of the competition, just because you don't get it as much, I think, in at home space. I, I agree. I just think Survivor. Again, it's a big space. We're talking about a box versus an island. I still feel like I I always want to see more tangibility from games. And Survivor, in terms of like what you get to touch and manipulate in terms of its puzzles, 
I feel like some of that could make its way home. I definitely want to see more Survivor take more inspiration from tabletop puzzle games. Mm-hmm. There's a lot they can learn from that. Like, I want to see, <clears throat> excuse me, like a Goonie style medallion that you have to hold up and be like, these islands and this tree fits into it. And so this is where we're supposed to start. And then there's the secret map. And then maybe you get additional clues or puzzles that tell you how many steps you have to take and dig at this tree or I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see more of these kind of puzzle elements in it where, and maybe people at home can play along. Like, I think that would be really cool. That is an interesting idea because I think you put it perfectly. One of my favorite things is those like coin ciphers or any of those where it's like, you know, let's say symbols or items that are like on this outer ring. But then, like you said, it would be fun. And I'd see in the survivor element, getting like a huge coin that fits in it play it but you could also recreate those at home very cheaply and let people play along and have that fun element and then like you said i your example is perfect that's exactly what i think would be awesome for that aesthetic is that there are a lot of really cool puzzles in that home space that do have like a partial tangible element but then it, it is about like the adventure and the exploration that obviously Survivor can do a lot more than the at home space can and that can be really fun absolutely and i think that's what it's about it's like Obviously, in PG, you said it well, like, who are you creating this experience for? And also, like, what are your limitations via the medium? Survivor can do things tabletop games can never, ever, ever, ever do and shouldn't do. And and vice versa as well. I'll tell you an example where there was an escape room puzzle and somebody was able to be very competitive about it. I mean, this might be a little bit spoiler, but on season 40, basically, they had a lot of special twists because that was all returning winners. But basically, people that were kicked off did not go home. Instead, they all went to an island where they just kind of kicked their heels back, but they still had to do a lot of challenges and puzzles. And one of them involved a chest that had a lock on it. And that was all. They were not given any instructions really on how to open it or anything like that. And one of the players noticed that when they got, you get like a little note that was like, hey, there's a chest at the top of the mountain. There's a, if you can figure out the combination, there's an advantage inside for you, whatever. Mm -hmm. That was all that they were given. And one of the players noticed that accompanying this uh, note was a string or like a necklace that had a series of shells strung on it. Three shells, a knot, five shells, a knot, whatever, right? And it just looked kind of decorative. She realized that that was the combination, was the number of shells Mm, in between. Interesting. And other thing she did was she found everyone else's and she smashed the shells. (laughs) Oh my God. So even if someone figured out that that's how you got the answer, they wouldn't get the right answer. She because smashed oh, she smashed man. some of the shells and made them different on every one. What <laughs> makes Survivor so great? The, that's cut, a genius the cunning, move. the cunning that you that's, get to good. You know, so when you see people have these flashes of brilliance and it's so, it's so good. It's so fun to watch. Like moments like that is like, like this is like, the sports highlight reel for puzzle nerds. Yes. Right? To, see, yes. <laughs> to see somebody do something like that. <laughs> you should host like a sports center top 10 survivor moments. That would be, I would watch that. That would be a great YouTube clip. I'll put it on my, I'll st- when I start my YouTube channel. Do it. <laughs> Love it. Do it. PG, I want to I transition to talking about some of the other projects that you're working on. You mentioned at the beginning, you're working with David on a podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. And then we would love to hear anything that you can say about the upcoming recon conference in August. 
Oh, awesome. I don't know a ton about recon because I'm not super involved in the planning yet, but I will be very soon, but I can't say anything yet. But the podcast with David has been basically like, I don't know, our love letter to escape rooms and immersive gaming in general. So David and I actually met on a podcast. David Spira is one of the creators and writers for Room Escape Artist. They write escape room reviews and they do a lot more than just that I mean but they've been daily they've been publishing daily for like seven years or something insane like wow. that wow. <laughs> um but they also they host these escape room tours you know like I just went on one in Montreal which is super fun and if you know you're maybe a solo traveler or even a couple and sometimes it's hard to find a group to play escape rooms when you're traveling well this tour is cool because you go with a bunch of other enthusiasts and you play like I don't know four rooms a day and there's a couple other events and talks and so it's really fun they do that they also host recon which is the reality escape convention and it is a convention about escape rooms, you know, for enthusiasts and also for industry professionals. So there's two different tracks. You can go as an enthusiast, but especially if you are in the industry or you're interested in getting involved in the industry, it's a great resource. You can go hear a lot of talks from really knowledgeable people in the escape room community. Anyhow, so we met on a podcast where he actually interviewed me about Survivor and David was also a huge survivor uh, fan. So yeah, you see okay. there's a there, yeah. there's a theme here of all, all of my all of the people I met in this community. But it's so uh good. It's how can you not how can you not, Zach? <laughs> I'll give it a try. You're gonna watch 42. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, we good, good. You should start him off on my season though. And I'm okay. not just saying that because I was on it, but <laughs> Survivor China is the best gateway drug to Survivor, I think. Okay, I'll have to try it. I, I agree because if you start at the beginning, you don't have a lot of context for what's at the end. Like, it, it's like you said, it evolves so quickly and it's more exciting around the time that your season came out. There's like basic strategy, not a lot, but a little bit. And it's good for someone who's new to it because if the later seasons, it's like, you know, it's a lot of strategy and sure. it gets a little confusing, but there's good characters on my season and um, a lot of good moments. So I think that's a good place to start. And it's a good show. Like I'd never watched it before I uh, auditioned Okay. For it. And, um, but I was like, this is really good. And I, you get a dick, you start watching it like, you know, episode mm. after episode. And, and your, your season is great too, because something that Zach doesn't know is they traveled the world doing this for a while. Locations were, could be anywhere. And it's only been recently that they said, like, it's just Fiji. We're in Fiji. Yeah. We're not doing anything but Fiji. I even remember some of the like more bizarre ones were like the Africa season and the just because you're so used to water as a part of what you're doing. But yeah, I would start there. But then starting March 9th, we'll be watching. You'll be 42. watching. You'll be watching it over at my place. And it'll okay. be a lot of fun. Yeah. So anyhow, so David invited me to do the podcast with him. And he had a vision for what he wanted to do. And it just works really, really well, us together as a team, because so okay, so we interview people that are in the industry. Mm -hmm. And not just escape rooms, but in adjacent industries, anything that's really involved with immersive gaming. So we've yes. involved, we've interviewed people that 
are involved with LARP, live action role play, people that do immersive theater. We interviewed Neil Patrick Harris. He talked about Box One. I don't know if you listen, but he he listened to your podcast yes, when we, you talked oh, about it. We were so hyped about that. <laughs> oh, that, was, yes. that was a really fun moment for us. <laughs> yeah, but we, we do also talk to a lot of escape room owners also about their design process, about their background, how they got involved. And uh, it's been really fun working with David because our personalities are very different in some ways, but similar in others. And he's really good at, he's really knowledgeable. He's really thorough. He does a ton of research into the subjects and I kind of go in blind and, <laughs> you know, ask all the questions that maybe the viewers at home might want to ask that David mm -hmm. would forget to ask because he's so in the know. So I feel like our dynamic works really well. Um, and yeah. we just like talking about this kind of stuff. I agree. I think the dynamic is awesome. And to our listeners out there, if, if reality escape pod is not also in your regular listening, in addition to puzzling company, it should be. Oh, for sure. Like it, Zach and I listen to it. We support the Patreon there. Oh, thank yep. you like, so much. Absolutely. Like yeah. we're, we're behind the mission of what, what you guys are trying to do. And we're, we're excited about we, we are doing something that is like a subset of what you guys are doing a little bit. We kind of stick to our at-home shut-in life a little bit. But no, uh, I love it. And I, I want our listeners to listen to it because you do, you get to bring on wonderful guests. I do think, and I would tell David this to his face, that he, I don't know how he gets some of the information he gets. Oh, yeah. Like for some of the, he's a great question asker, but I'm like, how do you know that about people? Like even the guests that you have on are surprised. They're like, how did you know that? Like he's, he's got channels. David's got channels. It's hours and hours of meticulous stalking. Like, <laughs> oh, I believe it. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he watches, like he'll watch interviews, every single interview, every single podcast you've done in like the past 10 years. Like I it's love it. insane. Like I, I could never, uh, but yeah, he gets some really, really interesting questions out there. I'll mm -hmm. also throw out that, uh, thank you so much for supporting the Patreon. We have a Patreon and at the um, entry level, like $5, we do a bonus episode that a lot of times is pretty much the same length as the regular podcast. And that's yes. a more casual conversation. So the, the actual podcast is like a structured interview mm -hmm. and the after show is kind of a casual conversation. I'll, usually the guests join us for that. Sometimes it's just me and David chatting. And we also have what we call the spoilers club, because one of the things about escape rooms, it's so hard to podcast about because everything has to be like everything. It's so opaque. Like you can't talk about anything openly because you don't want to spoil people who might want to play yeah. it. Agreed. Oh yeah. We run right? into that all the time. We're trying to like tell you without telling you. You got to dance around. Yes. Yeah. You got to dance around your subject, which is tough. Um, and so sometimes you just really want to do a recap. Like I love recaps of movies or, you know, shows that I'm into. And mm -hmm. I, I always want to recap a room, but it's difficult. So we do a spoilers club. We put it behind a paywall. So it's not so widely available because we don't want to spoil things for everybody. Sure. Uh, our caveat is please play this game, you know, before you listen to it. And then in those, we will go into the game in full detail, including spoilers. We dissect the puzzles. We talk about it lately. We've been trying to have some of the creators come on with us as well to give us their thoughts behind the design process. And even then it's funny having them on because they're like, Oh, can I, can I say that? Like, Oh, it's a spoiler. We're <laughs> yeah. like, yes. Like that's, you know, but we're that's so, we're so, we're so conditioned to, to dance around spoiling something. Uh, so then we have to decondition them when they come on to the spoilers club. I love that. Hey, closing out, we, 
we ask this to every single person that comes on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just think it's super important that whether you're a creator or like you, an enthusiast that you know has been in mainstream media, we just love other people talking about other people's games. Like it builds community, it builds awareness for these games. So within the world that we cover, which is at home, tabletop, video games, digital experience as well, anything you can do from the comfort of your home, what have been some of your favorites? What would you say you're missing out if you're not playing fill in the blank? Probably my favorite at home puzzle hunt is Colby's Curious Cook-Off. Oh my God, it's so good. It is adorable. The puzzles are really fun and they're very user-friendly. They are of a medium difficulty. Some of them are more hard, but I think it's very accessible, you know, to somebody who's playing at home. You don't need a giant team to be playing it. Uh, it's not going to take a ton of time, but but they're very clever. They're very fun. And the website is very well done because they do things where like, if you want to eliminate a letter, you click on it and it marks it off, right? So it's not yes. just a static image. It's interactive. So the That's functionality nice. of the website is really nice. And it's just, it's adorable. There's a cute storyline. The characters are just so cute. So that's probably been one of my favorites. For an at-home game, I really liked the... I got like the Spielberger set. I thought that was very, very cute as well. What else? Well, of course, box one. Can't go wrong with box one. Can't go wrong. Box one, if you want like a slick, like highly well-produced game, of course, featuring Neil Patrick Harris, you should definitely play that. What's your video game regimen? You got any good puzzlers in in the video game realm? I spend all of my video game energy on playing League. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is which is a, a puzzle in itself because who wants to be on a team with people that you don't know trying to move towards a common goal? Hashtag survivor. Oh, if you guys do, if you want like to play a video game style escape room, if you guys have done last year's Cryptic's Hunt. Yeah, Errol's Hunt. Yeah, Errol's yeah. Cryptic's Hunt is fun because it's, Kind of escape room, kind of puzzle hunt, but wrapped in the format of an 8-bit video game. Yes, yes. So that one was was very fun. And then what is uh, Baba Is You? Yes. So that's yes. kind of a fun, I think that's like a fun puzzle such a creative game. game. Yeah, there's a bunch that I play like on the phone, like um, Gorogoa is- Gorogoa is a great game. Beautiful, that's- it's old uh, at this point, but- You do any, like- uh, what's it called? Is it, is it Rusty Lake? You try and I love I've played all the Rusty Lake yeah, games. Those, those are, are really those are too. those are super fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope, man. I love this is like my always my favorite question because it's just like a, a chance to just nerd out with people like, oh, what about that? Oh, you didn't know about that? Like, let's talk about that. Like, and then you just get to learn and mm-hmm. you get to build bonds with people. I really enjoy that. My other favorite puzzle hunt that I played online is actually you can play this for free. Uh, and it was all hosted on Instagram. And it was this was back in 2020. Oh but it was um, made for the Alania. It's like a restaurant. So it was like a puzzle hunt created for oh, that restaurant. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The, the Chicago-based restaurant, right? Yes, yes. Chef, the, Chef Grant, is that his name? Yeah, I think so. And I think it was, I don't want to say who, I, I, I don't want to misquote who, who created it, so I won't say. But um, those puzzles 
are some of the most fun puzzles I've done. Very, very clever, clever puzzle, clever wordplay. It's all free and they're kind of tough, but uh, mm. you know, I spent many hours playing with my escape group that I was not able to see, but we all sat and played on Zoom and worked on like a shared Google sheet playing this puzzle, but that is very good. I don't know if it's still up, it probably is, but that one is free and you guys should check that out also. Solve our shirts. Yeah. You guys, you guys have played the solve our shirts. Well, they, so Chris and Anne, they're actually coming to us in Murfreesboro here in two weeks Yep, and bringing us the second shirt. And then in May, we are going up to play all of their games yes. at CU Adventures. Oh my God, I'm jealous. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to play their games. And then we're bringing all the equipment to record a solve our shirts episode with them at their location. Yes. Oh, fun yes those these are amazing like david basically harangued me into playing it before we interviewed them on our podcast i think they're episode two maybe yes yes and it was magical i i did not know you could pack so much into a shirt and have uh surprises like what (laughs) they're wizards man it's interesting too because i think even neil patrick harris had like made a mention about them on wonder cave yeah he did which that's super cool that's great for them man and they deserve the exposure oh yeah like they're they're awesome awesome creators we're we're blessed to have them in the community he's Uh, amazing when he was on the podcast he named he must have name dropped like 50 different creators and it was like his mission to kind of just get the word out about everybody who's doing stuff that he likes, which I support, but it was like, I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. All right. I want, I want to do three fun questions to wrap us up. Okay. Um, just based on uh, all of it. First one, first one's a trivia question that I have no expectation that you should know the answer for this, but it is a 50, 50. So okay. one of us sitting right here, was cast for a CBS reality show and turned it down. What show? It was a one-run show called Hunted that did not get renewed. It was like 2000... Like 16, 17? 16, 17. And the whole premise was like, you had to evade the... I know. I I went on a date with one of the guys whose wife was on the show. (laughs) Ex-wife. Oh, Sorry, not to, not to make me sound like a homewrecker. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But who 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 of us is the one that turned down the opportunity to potentially be your colleague? I'm gonna say Zach. That's a great guess. Unfortunately, it is not true. So my my partner, my old business partner, because we own escape rooms as well, his name was Lee Wilson. He actually won the show. He did, yeah. He and his partner were the winners of the show. They Amazing. Evaded, they evaded it, but it was originally pitched to Lee and I. We had the green light to go ahead on the show. And then my wife and I got our first foster kids. We're foster parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, congratulations. And yeah, and and it was like, nope. Both amazing opportunities, but it was like, not, not even a question. But I, yeah. I thought that was funny. It was like, oh, yeah, like. All right, maybe I could have done that, but I, I just thought that was uh, that was interesting. I was gonna say I think the the kids are better than the yes, show. Yes, definitely. I love, the kids. I love the kids. Definitely take the kids. I just want to clarify that I guessed Zach because I figured if you had gotten it, you would not have turned it down. 
I'm not going to say like it wasn't hard, like, because Lee, Lee was also worried that he would lose his spot if I didn't come with him because, you know, we were playing the escape room owners angle, yada, yada. And he was really wanting to do it. And then a different phase of life than I, but you can um, still apply for survivor. Can still apply for survivor. I'll just be like, Jeff, I played game within the game. Like hit me up, but <laughs> I'm ready. I, the, the big, the scariest part of survivor to me is the, their survival. Like, I think I would love the gameplay, but the, the no food on all of that, like I, that terrifies. I think me. I would, oh, it's the worst experience of my life. I think yeah. I'd be good at that part of the game. I cannot do the lying. Yeah, yeah, Zach, I, I am a horrible liar. Zach is the, you would have to win like based purely on heart and, yeah, which which were in social relationships, but like the cunning backstabbing. I'm not that. Like, like Zach, do you have an idol? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Come on. That transitions me to second fun question. What is your survivor horror story that maybe wasn't seen on TV? Like, what was that like? This this was the worst. It's super graphic. So anybody who's squeamish, Z- zone out now. Just fast forward through this, but I'll tell it because I don't care. So basically, when you go on Survivor, uh, you're not eating. That means you're not um, eliminating either, Ooh, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I did not go number two for two weeks. Spoiler alert, I make it past the merge. And at the merge, you get like a big feast, right? I think like three days afterwards, I was like, oh, I think I finally am going to have my moment. And so I just remember you're supposed to dig a hole, And I, first of all, chose like the wrong spot and I'm trying and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. And I think I dug my hole onto like a centipede nest. (gasps) Oh no. There's like a ton of these tiny millipedes. I don't know. There were many, many legs. I don't remember which one it was, but they were babies. They were small, but there were like a lot of them. And so they're, and, and they're not like right on me, but they're like, like a foot away, like a little too close. And they're getting, you know, they're spreading out as we speak. And it's taking me a long time because this thing was coming out like a grapefruit. Like I've never in my life experienced this where it was perfectly spherical and it was like like oh my gosh and it was taking me so long and I at one point was like I'm gonna have to get a stick and crowbar this thing out of me like I don't know how I'm gonna give birth to this (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so wonderful Uh, you know you asked you asked for my worst survivor horror story that was the moment and don't say that I did not deliver on your podcast. No, you did not. You have far exceeded. Uh, <laughs> you will know uh, you will never be number two to anybody else's story. I can, I can honestly, yeah. honestly I'm, say that. My number two is definitely number one. Your number two is definitely number one for oh, stories yeah. on this podcast. And I, I hope that you are able eventually to overcome that barrier and move <laughs> move forward. Because I do, I'm sure like, getting back to regular food again too was a little bit of a uh, bathroom adventure. To be honest, I was actually fine. Like I've always had a cast iron stomach. Um, this was comes from a, a lifetime of eating weird fermented foods, eating food off the ground. Like I ate all kinds of stuff. So I did not have, a lot of people had other, you know, gastrointestinal distress and I was actually fine. I was just having issue getting it out. Uh, <laughs> but you know, and see, this is why they cast me on reality TV. They want people who just no holds barred. I love it. Yeah, exactly. It's, just gonna, it's, it's real. Just gonna come out. It's real. <laughs> 
PG is definitely putting the the reality in reality escape pod like 100%. Oh yeah. 100%. All right, last question because we started with league. I want to finish with a little bit of league. Do you have like a league horror story? I know that league players play hundreds of games every year. It's something you constantly come back to, but is there that one story that sticks out like why did this happen? Like was it, you know, victory like defeat snatched from the jaws of victory or do you just have like that one memorable moment that you're just you can't you can't lose or if not then what is your what is your league pet peeve I don't remember a specific story but I will tell you that um so one of my roommates that used to live here uh we became friends because we're both league players and he actually is like an announcer or he was announcer for the pro games yeah for the, all the esports yeah esports and he still does stuff with esports now but we used to play because i'm support main and he's an adc main so Mm. we used to play together and uh all i know is we just we we don't play together anymore (laughs) (laughs) because because he would micromanage me so much and he would get so mad because i would ks him you know, cause he's used to playing with these pro players. So he was all like about this micro game where he was like, he'd be like, I'm going to kill this. He's like, when we get to nine, uh, you know, minions, we're going to level. He's like, hover over the thing. He's like, I'm going in the minute we hit level two, you know, and it was, it was just so intense. Yes. Like he would rage and I was like, I wasn't ready. I didn't click it into, you know, it, like it. the higher <laughs> skilled tryhards can be, uh, can be difficult sometimes. For oh sure. yeah. But don't worry, you're you're in good company here with uh, Bronze Jared and Iron Zach. So I'm not not <laughs> what you're talking about. Let's be clear. A few times I've played league, I've been silver and gold. So I don't know if you have anywhere to talk, Mister. <laughs> wow, there you, you go. You know, play Yumi. Honestly, Jared, try Yumi. Yumi's what got me to just get carried to gold. <laughs> I've never been higher. I, I will confess openly right here. I've never been higher than silver. Silver is like, if I could make it to gold one day, that would just be amazing. But my kryptonite in league is like, I'll lose a game on Sona, get really pouty. And then like, oh, I'm just going to go mid and try to play something that I'm not good at. Like I, I have a lack of consistent. If you go, I'll send you my, uh, my username. You can laugh at my champ history and ranked games. It's like, what are you trying to accomplish here? Like, it's no wonder you're stuck in ELO hell. Like this is, <laughs> this, this makes a lot of sense, but I can't, I can't help it. I love playing it. I love, I love watching the esports, and it's just a really fun game, but that's yeah. that I think support mains. If there are any listening to this podcast, you will, you understand that when you have just a really gruff ADC trying to like run your life and you're saying like, I'm part of the team element here, everybody. Just calm down. Like, I will ward. I will help call shots. Like, everybody just calm down. But I'm so sorry that happened to you. (laughs) Real talk. Real talk. Well, PG, thanks. Thanks so much for making time for us. This has been a a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun getting all this episode ready. And stop by any time in the future if you want to have another chat with us. Thanks for having me on and I will see you guys in Boston at Recon. Absolutely. And we will definitely post links for everybody so that they can find the podcast, the games Mm -hmm. that we've talked about, and as well as tickets for Recon are now on sale. Zach and I are going to be there. Um, Come hang out with all of us. It'll be a blast in Boston. PG, just thanks again so much for coming on the show. It was really a blast to talk, to laugh, to just be a nerd. We love it. Yeah, it was we, awesome. We had we had so much fun. I hope you 
get a third season all-star would you I should have asked you that would you have gone back but we'll we'll find out down the road if you ever go back for everybody out there you should know that you can go and play these games at survivor g w g like game within the game gwg.com however season 41s is no longer on that website we're going to include a link in the show notes where you can play the old one just by images. It doesn't have the same functionality. But also, March 9th is when Season 42 of Survivor starts. And we would love it if y'all would play weekly with us. Zach and I are going to watch the show. We're going to do whatever type of puzzle. We have no idea what's coming for us in Season 42 with Game Within the Game. But it would just be a a super fun way to relate and reach out if you want to play with us. Yeah. That's really going to wrap us up for this episode. Zach, this ends February for us. Where are we going starting in March? March is March is a big month. There's a lot of uh, Kickstarters starting to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But where are we heading at the beginning of it? It's interesting. I'd say, I don't know if we're going anywhere. I'd say we're digging some stuff up. Oh, we are digging some stuff up. Maybe some old friends of ours revisiting us again. Yes. Very much so. I, I am. We're we're very excited to have uh, Nick and Rebecca back on from Blue Matter Games, and they have a wonderful uh, kids' escape game in a box that we're going to be talking about. So please come visit that. Zach and I are actually going to play that game with my two oldest kids, who are six and seven, but really they're like days away from turning seven and eight. Mm. So um, it should be exciting. Maybe we might even have them on the show. That would be interesting. <laughs> Our editor, and I'm sure Ryan right now is like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But <laughs> yeah, also shout out to our editor, Ryan. Oh, yes. Ryan does great work. Uh, we very much appreciate him. Be sure to check out if you're looking for someone who does really great tight editing. Chip Cassette is the name of his company, and you can find him online using that. Well, Zach, I'll see you next week in a new month. Sounds great. For all of us in Puzzling Company. This is Jared and Zach. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.